0: Dress: the History of Fashion, is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed.
1: Welcome to Dress: the History of Fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear.
0: We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy Zachary and April Callahan. Today is our Thursday Fashion History Mystery minisode, and today's inquiry comes to us by way of a listener question, and also my recent trip to Target. Do tell. <laughs> Um, well, some some time ago, a few months back, listener Stephanie McMurray wrote to us, and she requested an episode on the wearing of flags. And I thought this was a really intriguing question, as there are very specific examples in haute couture and in high fashion um, of designers using flags to create garments. Like, for instance, Elsa Schiaparelli worked with the luxury textile ma- manufacturer Colcombe in 1940 to create silks printed with versions of flags of famous French military regiments.
1: Yeah, and designer Elizabeth Haas did something similar around the same time. She pieced together silk flags of various nations for her geographic dress. Silk was being rationed at this time due to its use for parachutes during World War II. So Haas actually purchased existing flags from the inventory of a flag retailer. So she was quite clever, that one.
0: Mm -hmm. And, And while these are two very specific instances... An entire episode on the wearing of flags, this does not make. So for a few months now, I'd kind of been racking my brain of how to speak about the wearing of flags in a broader context. And that's where my visit to Target comes in, because I had popped in recently to get some napkins for a party that I was having. And when I walked in, I was met by an entire wall of rainbow garments. And not just any rainbow garments, gender-inclusive rainbow garments pride flag garments, and this was a really fun surprise. Put a huge smile on my face. Yes,
1: and because, of course, June is World Pride Month, and if
0: you have ever wondered
1: about how the six-striped rainbow flag came to be a proud symbol of the LGBTQ plus communities, well, that's what we are very excited to delve into today, and I think, April, we
0: can both say that we learned a lot. Yes, and not only did I learn a lot, I actually had fun um, digging into this one, Cass, because I did not know at the time that one of the main figures responsible in the realization of the very first rainbow flag was actually an alum of FIT. His name was James McNamara.
1: I know. I had no idea either. This is so very
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah. So James was part of a trio um, that helped create the first rainbow flag in 1978, and it was spearheaded by Gilbert Baker, who was a 27-year-old gay man living out and proud in San Francisco after growing up in Kansas. And Baker was an active participant in the gay liberation movement, which had sprung up nearly 10 or so years earlier following the 1969 Stonewall riots in NYC. And we talked about this um, earlier this week um, in our gender-bending fashion episode, but but this moment um, at the Stonewall riots were when members of the LGBTQ plus communities stood up to this long legacy of abuse and discrimination at the hands of the NYPD. Yeah, so fast forward to
1: 1978, and this is when Harvey Milk becomes the first openly gay elected official in the state of California, and he was an elected member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. And a champion of the gay liberation movement, Milk was heartbreakingly assassinated only 10 10 months after being sworn in. But one of the many initiatives he put in place to support the LGBTQ plus community of San Francisco prior to his murder were city funds for the Pride Parade. So $10,000 to be exact. And it would be of this $10,000 budget administered by the Pride Foundation that would fund the creation of the first rainbow flags, which Baker conceived of as an alternative to the pink triangle, which had been in use as a symbol of gay liberation in the years leading up to this point.
0: In Baker's words, quote, at this point, the pink triangle was a symbol for the gay movement, but it represented a dark chapter in the history of same-sex rights. The pink triangle was used by the Germans to mark homosexuals during World War II in the same way that the Star of David was used against the Jews. It functioned as a Nazi tool of oppression. We all felt that we needed something that was positive, that celebrated our love. And then he goes on to say, he says, I thought of the original American flag with its 13 stripes and 13 stars, the colonies breaking away from England to form the U.S., I thought of the vertical red, white, and blue tricolor from the French Revolution and how both flags owed their beginnings to a riot, a rebellion, or a revolution. I thought a gay nation should have a flag too to proclaim its own idea of power.
1: And of course, it's really important that we remember that this is, of course, 1978. So the American Bicentennial took place in 1976. So flag iconography was everywhere in this moment. So it actually makes sense that the identity of the movement would find expression by way of a flag. So again, in Baker's words, quote, the rainbow came from earliest recorded history as a symbol of hope. In the book of Genesis, it appeared as proof of a covenant between God and all living creatures. It was also found in Chinese, Egyptian, and Native American in history, a rainbow flag would be our modern alternative to the pink triangle. Now, the writers who had claimed their freedom at the Stonewall Inn in 1969 would have their own symbol of liberation.
0: And Cass, we are actually quite lucky that um, in this moment, that Baker's memoir, which is called Rainbow Warrior came out, it was published not even three weeks ago. It's hot off the presses. So suddenly we have quite a lot of primary source information about the flag's origins that we simply didn't have in print before, and Baker passed away in 2017. But he he goes on and writes, he says, quote, As artists, we hope that the rainbow flag might be the antithesis of all flags. It's meaning more about nature, which united us, than nationalities, which divided us. He explains the colors of the flag that he assigned at the time. He says, pink is for sex, red is for life, orange is for healing, yellow is for the sun, green is for nature, turquoise is for magic, blue is for serenity, purple is for spirit. Every color has a meaning, just like the American flag symbolism. All the way.
1: So if you just did the math here, you will note that Baker mentioned eight colors. So not the six we typically see now on the flag. And indeed, the first set of rainbow flags had eight colors. They were created for the 1978 Gay Freedom Day Parade and flown above the United Nations Plaza near Market and Hyde in San Francisco.
0: Once Baker obtained the funds for the materials that he needed, the work was set in motion. And most of the work was done at the Gay Community Center on Grove Street. And the two flags, which were flown for the parade, took a month to make. And they took so long partially because of their massive size cast. They were 30 feet by 60 feet. <laughs> that is <Yes>. an, <laughs> an enormous flag.
1: Yeah. And as one can imagine, this was no small endeavor After purchasing 1,000 yards of muslin, that muslin needed to be dyed. And for this, Baker enlisted the help of a master tie-dyer by the name of Fairy Argyle Rainbow. Love that. I know, me too. Of course, she now (laughs) goes by her given name, Lynn Seegerblom. We'll call her Fairy for our intents and purposes today. And Fairy insisted that the team use natural dyes to create the vivid hues, which required the fabric to sit in the dye bath for a week.
0: And much of this dyeing of the muslin was done on the roof at the community center. And given the fact that the community center did not have hot running water, this complicated the process all that much more. The dyeing process required hot water, which had to be heated on hot plates (laughs) before people carried it up wearing oven mitts to the roof via not stairs, but a ladder. So (laughs) this was incredibly intricate and complex, and it really must have been a true labor of love.
1: Yeah, and that labor of love did not end there, mind you, because once out of the dye baths, the textiles needed to be rinsed. But apparently the system of hoses arranged for this purpose did not work. So then the team had to carry these incredibly wet and heavy yards of fabric down the ladders from the roof and transport them to a laundromat in a distant neighborhood to be rinsed. And apparently they went to this distant neighborhood because they weren't sure what the lasting effect of the dye might be in the washing (laughs) machine. (laughs) <laughs> so it, it must be said, though, that they did leave the washing machines running on a cycle with a ton of bleach in hopes that no one following them would end up with damaged clothes.
0: Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and and the work wasn't even done there because once the textiles were dried, the thousand yards then needed to be ironed. And James McNamara, former FIT student, came in to assist with this as well as the physical sewing of the flags. And, and one would think, voila, the flags are done now, right? Well, no, they weren't. Um, One could only hope because after they did a test run, the team realized that the size and the weight of the flags were too heavy and that the fabric was beginning to tear where it joined the rigging. So then they transported the flags once again to the Paramount Flag Company for grommets and reinforcements.
1: And even after this reinforcement, hoisting them stripped the gears of the flagpoles, and that resulted in $90,000 in damage. So... (laughs) Oh, and did we mention that this was all done guerrilla style? Because the team didn't officially have permission to fly the flags for the parade at this particular location. So they obtained the cranks for the poles discreetly from a city official sympathetic to their cause.
0: Yeah. And when Baker learned of the cost of the damage done to the flag poles when they were put up, he remarked, quote, Send the bill to the National Endowment of the Arts, <laughs> And I'm not exactly sure how that played out, Cass, but given the immediate reaction to the flags, um, one of which—so there were two flags—one of which um, also featured a tie-dyed version of the stars seen in the American flag. You know, I'm just saying the NEA probably should have paid it if they didn't um, because the participants at the 1978 SF Gay Freedom Day Parade— went wild as soon as they saw the flags. And, and there was really no turning back from this point because soon demand for rainbow flags exploded.
1: And to meet this demand, Baker returned to Paramount Flag Company for production assistance. And this is the moment when the number of colors on the flag was limited from eight to six for reasons of expense. Paramount also advocated for using nylon as the fabric was not only lighter, but also carried better in the wind. So together, something like 400 rainbow flags were created for the following Gay Freedom Day Parade in 1979.
0: And the rest, as we could say, is history. Um, And as gay rights movements spread around the world, the flag has been continuously adopted as a symbol, but not entirely without controversy. Because in some recent years, the flag which Baker created as an emblem of unity has been a bit of a source of derision amongst some within the LGBTQ plus communities.
1: Yes. So the addition of black and brown stripes, for instance, has been called for by some black and Latinx members of the LGBTQ plus communities who feel underrepresented and frequently face discrimination from within the gay community itself, as also do trans individuals. Trans advocates and activists have called for the addition of pale blue and pale pink
0: stripes. Several iterations of flags incorporating these additional stripes have been created, including Daniel Quasar's Progress Pride flag, which raised more than $25,000 on Kickstarter, far surpassing its $14,000 goal. And Daniel's flag includes a triangle insert at the far left of the flag that has black, brown, pale blue, and pale pink stripes um, within the triangle. And and about this, he has said, quote, the six-stripe LGBTQ flag should be separated from the newer stripes because of their difference in meaning, as well as to shift focus and emphasis to what is important in our current community climate. On the
1: flip side, some feel the additional stripes unnecessary, as Baker's intention for the flag was to always be about inclusion and unity. And this was actually something that curator Michelle Miller Fisher. Of the Museum of Modern Art addressed when the MoMA acquired a rainbow flag for the museum's permanent collection in 2015. So she said of the alternate versions of the flag quote, If new design provocations like this flag can help important conversations happen, then it is a demonstration of the continuing power of the discipline of design
0: to affect change. More power to that. Indeed, more power to that. And that does it for somewhat lengthy mini sewed this week. We want to wish everyone happy World Pride and a safe and festive celebration this weekend here in New York City. I'd also like to wish my BFF Ben a very happy 40th birthday, which happens to coincide with the anniversary every year of the Stonewall Riots on June 28th. We have celebrated many of his birthdays at Pride, hanging out of the duplex to escape the heat in the crowds. So love you, boo. We would also love to
1: see all of your ensembles you donned for Pride this month. So send us pics and we will post them to our Instagram stories. Certainly many of you were wearing rainbow stripes and hopefully you consider their legacy and your closet next time you get dressed.
0: If you'd like to write to us with questions for an upcoming mini-sode, you can do so at dressed at iheartmedia.com and you can also direct messages on Instagram at dressed underscore podcast. This is also our Twitter handle. You can follow us on Facebook at Dressed Podcast. And thank you to our producers, Holly Fry and Kesey Pegram, and everyone else at iHeart Media that makes the show possible each week. Happy Pride! Happy Pride! Dress the History
1: of Fashion is a production of iHeart Radio. For more podcasts from iHeart Radio, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.